as we approach the end of the church's liturgical year and have another month and a half before we change to the 2022 calendars, we hear these kinds of phantasmagorical passages called apocalyptic literature. The first reading from Daniel and this gospel from St. Mark, this part of Mark's gospel. The word apocalypse doesn't come from the movie by the same name. Apocalyptic literature existed long before the movie. Uh, the chance for using it in a title of a movie. It's actually from the Greek language and is derived from two words which when taken together mean the lifting or pulling back of the veil. So as to be able to see something more plainly or clearly. Back about 10 years ago, there was a considerable concern around the great Mayan calendar, the long count calendar. Remember that? It's almost akin to the Y2K deal back in 1998 and 99. Oh boy. Well, the Mayan calendar is a flat, spiraling stone which ended in October of 2012. From its start to finish, it spanned over 5,000 years. This was the long count Mayan calendar. Somebody found that thing and determined that the end of it was October of 2012. Oh no, the Mayans know when the world is ending. Oh, prepare for doom and gloom. There was a cartoon that came out at that same time. You know, because there would be people who would believe the Mayans had it, they had this whatever. And so it was, they believed, there are people that believed the world was ending in October of 2012 because of that calendar. Okay? So there's this cartoon. And it was called, it was a series. I mean, it appeared in the paper regularly. But the name of the cartoon each time was Bizarro, as in bizarre. But it's a cartoon. This Mayan artist is portrayed showing the chief of his tribe his new calendar wheel that covered all those years. He explains I only had enough room to go to 2012. The Mayan chief laughs and says, that'll freak somebody out someday. And it did. It did. How are we going to be able to survive January 1st, year 2000? When the airplanes fall from the skies, the computers Dissolve, I guess. I, I, again, a catastrophic event. Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Today's first and third readings are pieces of apocalyptic literature. There are people who claim to have Bible code, some kind of secret way in and an ability to determine dates and times when the, the cataclysmic 
events portrayed in the readings will occur. This is pretty startling to hear about the sun and the moon not giving light, stars falling from the sky, powers in the heavens shaken. That's, that's pretty spectacular. Give it to Hollywood and see what they can do with, with uh, special effects. We can see it all sorts of ways now. All this preoccupation with these kinds of things, whenever these will happen, is really a distraction because apocalyptic readings in the scriptures are meant to be a consolation, not a means to predict events or to scare people out of their hide. Our gospel passage today from Mark, written about the year 70, Mark is the first of the gospels written, and then Matthew and Luke, they're next. Matthew, Mark about 70, Matthew and Luke in the mid-80s, and John around 90. I know it says, we say Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, so why don't they in order? Well, I didn't construct the Bible, so you got to ask the people that did that. I don't have a clue. But that's the actual chronological order of the gospel. So Mark written in about 70. It's not a prediction of the future. It's an attempt to help the suffering Christian community keep faith and to be comforted by the assurance that God will bring victory in the future. That's important for every generation to keep in mind, that God is the victor. God is the victor already. We believe that. Well, there may be skirmishes that are big struggles. I mean, the first community of Christians after Christ's death, he died, let's say, you know, we say he's about 33 years old when he dies, and eh, there's question as to whether the calendar really means that he, start, he was born in the year zero and became one when the, you know, this is, some of these things are of our making. He was born in that time frame. Seventy is, is only, you know, 35, 38 years beyond his birth. That's a short time. And already the Christians were being thrown to the lions. We know that. The persecutions, the murders that took place, the death uh, by games, uh, these things were going on. And they scared the people a lot. You know, do you claim to be a follower of Christ or not? Mark, like us, I mean, here we are near the end of 2021. Mark was waiting for Christ to come with great power and glory. And we believe that that's how it is going to happen. But we don't know exactly how it's going to happen. What does power and glory mean? And we don't know when it's going to happen. But we believe it's going to. To bring an end to suffering and oppression. Not to scare the daylights out of us, as these images can create, but he's going to bring an end to suffering and oppression. 
then everything that Christ taught will be accomplished. This, this glimpse into the future must have been very helpful and encouraging through Mark's writing for the people. Every generation has to deal with this teaching about the end of the world or worlds we've known. What we have to be cautious about is getting lost in the extremism, the, the chicken little syndrome. The sky is falling, the sky is falling. And there are people that will get on that bandwagon and get the marching band out into the street. Where are we? Where is our belief? What happens to us in those days? I heard someone pray at Mass recently, thank God for this day. Because what days do we have? We certainly don't have yesterday, that's gone. We don't have tomorrow. Who's guaranteed that? We have today. Thanks be to God for this day. Being conscious of that, being aware of it. That kind of a prayer shows a, a perspective of this gospel, appreciating the present in the light of the future. Because everything comes to an end. Everything. It's good for us to keep that in mind. Jesus isn't trying to scare anyone with these words. He's simply saying everything passes except his word, and his word is the good news, and what lasts as well is the good that we do. Sometimes we can give an excessive amount of value to things that, that give immediate satisfaction, but that's kind of risky because we can fail to work at the doing good part. It's that reminder that we don't want to build our lives on sand. That's just too unpredictable. Kind of those things that shift, you know, fashion. When was it in the 70s when bell bottoms were, or 60s and 70s when bell bottoms were there? They're not coming back, are they? Or have they already and they've gone? They lasted about 10 minutes on the new fashion cycle. I mean, all this stuff, it all changes. It all comes to an end. The world will end. Yes. But how are we living in it now? We're invited to welcome each moment, to live it fully, to grow in love for God and for others. Jesus says that we don't know what hour will be our last. So let this hour be important. Not just this hour here, the 8.30 Mass time, but when this is over and you're in your car and you're driving home, let this hour be important. Being conscious of that. It really takes a change in our thinking, in our attitude of a sort. It's perfectly fine to look and plan for the future. Hey, I've got a 401k. I'm counting on uh, my pension coming into the bank at the certain time of the month. I, you know, 
I was looking forward to that. I paid into Social Security all these years. So, yeah, that's a part of the future plan. Sure, it's okay. It's all right to have that kind of plan for the future, but we have to cherish this day. Not just the day that the eagle flies and drops something into your account, but each day, every day. And God's presence to us at this moment when all the opportunities this moment offers us with all those. We don't fret about or try to determine the day, the, the hour of Christ's return. We have hope that he will come and, as Jesus says to us today, we leave the date in God's hands. If you hear people getting all churned over by, by this, God's got it in control. Let him have it. Let him have it. That's the big problem with us. We want to be in charge. If I were God for a day, and that's why I'm not. That's why none of us are. Not even for a moment. Because, you know, we'd kind of make a mess of it. We don't stand around with our arms folded. We roll up our sleeves to work, to be people who are living loving signs of Christ's presence in the world through personal responses to, you know, national disasters when they come along. Your weekly Matthew 25 focus. Parish collections or any number of other Christian service projects. We all face our own trials and tests as we, we live out our Christian lives. Our commitment to Christ can cause us some discomfort. We make choices and we make sacrifices. Sometimes they can even bring about some suffering. The gospel encourages Christians from Mark's day to our own to remain strong and faithful during those times of duress. And it assures us that Jesus will be revealed as the real King and Lord of creation through the proclamation of God's word and the sharing of Jesus' body and blood here, we are constantly reminded that no matter how difficult things may be, God is still with us and will ultimately prevail. Thanks be to God. As I mentioned last week in speaking about the stewardship of treasure today, we're asking uh, those of you who took this page home, if you didn't, there's still some in the pews there, or the rows there uh, on the end, to consider what your stewardship of treasure could be and then fill out the part on the bottom of the back side of the page, tear it off, and then bring it in to church today. And so that's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you came with that in hand, I invite you to come forward. I, first of all, I invite you all to stand. Following this short piece, we're going to have the creed and the prayers of the faithful. But I invite those of you who brought those, the bottom part of your stewardship form with you today 
to make the commitment to drop it here in the basket, as uh, was suggested. And then we'll move on. So if you've got that, or if you didn't bring it because, you know, you had it all written out, and you picked up your car keys and left it on the counter, you can still use these pages that are here and fill in what's there. For the moment, we do have some pencils in the back if you need those. Uh, if you brought it, we invite you to come forward.